Very good morning to you. Um, I hope those who are not attending today for illness were not because of the fish and chips last night. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking about, uh, it's been a difficult week actually, one of the, uh, the trickier weeks since I've been a, a minister. And um, I was thinking about what encouraging, um, spiritually uplifting message I could bring today. Um, so I've decided to speak upon death. Um, and hopefully, it'll be a great encouragement. <laughs> uh, I just want to read a, a few verses from Romans 8. Verses 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. So I want to uh, speak on death then, really, and it is uh, not so much uh, an exposition at all. It is more a theme, the theme of death, and it is uh, a fear. Many people fear death. It is uh, this thing that we have to go through alone. It is a very difficult thing. And those famous words, and now the end is near. I want to say, I, so I face the final curtain. And it's surprising how many times that is used in funeral services. I did it my way. But, but those words sum up uh, the fear of death, I think. This fear of the final curtain. This, this unknown. This journey. A definition of death that I found was... It is the termination of all biological functions that sustain a living organism. That it is, in an atheistic context, a natural part of life. Life and death. And it is natural. That is where that fits in within the atheistic worldview and philosophy. Natural. Survival of the fittest. It is just natural to, for us to die. But if that is the case, if, if death is so natural, why does it feel so unnatural? Why does it feel so painful? Why do we fear it so much if it is just so natural? Well, we know that uh, we are beings. We know that we are God's creation. That We know that we, are, we were created to live immortal lives. And we know that man has a soul within him. And this soul has eternal longings. And that is why we fear death. That is why we don't like death. That is why it leaves a bad taste in our mouths. Because we were never created to die. We were created to live eternally. And we will live eternally in one place or the other. We will go on. Romans 5.12, therefore just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. So we go back into Genesis and we see where death comes from. Sin, full stop. No question of it. But there is uh, this fear of death. A great fear for many and yet, one of the most repeated commands in Scripture is fear not. 
do not be afraid. God does not want us to be afraid of anything. Three men were discussing death and uh, one asked the group, what would you like people to say about you at your funeral? One said, oh, that he was a, a generous and caring person. The second one said, oh, that he was a, a great father and a godly example to others. And the third one said with a grin, look, he's moving. There's <laughs> 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 a bit of delayed reaction there. <laughs> death, death. We can laugh about it, but death. The fear of death is the title of this sermon. And firstly, death is a lonely journey, a very lonely journey. And it is this journey we have to take on our own. We can go into a, a hospital, we can have an operation and we can hold a loved one's hand. Uh, we can go to the dentist and hold a loved one's hand if we want to, or, or try and hold the dentist's hand as she's pulling a, a, a root canal or whatever. Um, but death... It's this one journey. We can't go anywhere with anybody else. We have to do it alone. And that is what's so fearful about it, that it is this lonely, lonely journey. We can only be with someone in our suffering up to a point. We can only be with a, a loved one who is suffering up to a point. But there is a point where we have to let them go. And they face that journey all alone. It's a journey all must take. And then what? Before his death in 1981, an American writer, William Sarayan, he telephoned into the Associated Press with his final observation. Everybody has got to die, but I have always believed an exception would be made in my case. But now what? Now what? Those two words, they, they really sum up his thoughts, really. I don't know what's going to happen. What is going to be on the other side of that curtain? I really don't know. And you can sense the fear. It is this inescapable journey, this inevitable road, and we cannot bypass it. We cannot uh, put it off in any way. We cannot prevent its onset. Joshua 23, 14, and Joshua saying, Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. He is saying, you know, my time has come. I am about to cross over. I am about to go and be with my maker. And every one of us will, will face that journey. We can't send an ambassador on our behalf. Or, oh, oh, right, you go, you go, you do it for me. We can't do that with death. We have to face it on our own. And we shouldn't act either that it's not going to happen to us. Because death, we don't like to talk about it. It is one of those taboos. We like to put it off. We like to talk about everything else. But death, no. We, we like to, as a society, we don't like to talk about death. And if we do talk about death, we trivialize it these days. We make a comedy of it. I went to a funeral few months back in Wales and uh, for my uncle and he had just one of these uh, happy songs at the end you know he died as far as I know in unbelief and yet he had one of those songs that he uh, treasured 
uh, and it was nothing, absolutely nothing. You know, gone are the days now, even in Wales, where you would go to funerals and you would uh, hear great hymns sung at funerals of, of great hope and promise. Now, all too often in funerals, you have silly songs, stupid songs, nothing songs, with nothing and, and this kind of, oh yes, I lived the life I wanted to live, I did it my way and now I'm resting in peace and, you know, have a good party after me, won't you? It is foolishness. We ought to think of death because it is going to happen. Death comes when it's ready. God has apportioned the number of our days. Job 14 tells us, Since his days are determined, the number of his months is with you. You have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. The grass withers and the flower fades, Isaiah said. The word about God shall stand forever. We ought not to act like we have plenty of time left. We do not know how long our Lord will allow us to be on this earth. We may have few days or many days, but we will face death. And we ought to be ready for it. We need to be ready when death comes. Amos 4.12 Prepare to meet thy God. Christians, we ought to prepare to meet that God, but not with a, a sense of fear, not with a sense of foreboding. We should be looking forward to that day, to that day when we will see him like he is. We will see the one who was bruised and wounded and nailed upon a cross for us, our Savior. For the Christian, it is a sweet day. Secondly, death is a transition. Now, uh, all of you will be familiar that we can't get to certain destinations in this world without making connecting flights or connecting trains or buses, whatever. We have to make this change. Uh, Burma last year, we had to make several changes uh, to get to our destination into Singapore and then into Yangon. And then someone else in our party flew from, flew from Yangon up to Mandalay. And then from Mandalay back to Yangon to meet up with us again. So they had to take several flights. And death is like that. It is this transition, this change, this connecting flight. So we need to change over to get to some places on this earth. And if we're going to go to glory... We also need to change over. But as well as a changeover, we need a life-changing makeover before we can enter glory. Death is inevitable. It is a certainty. Graveyards are not full of the living. I once uh, was uh, taking a youth group in, in Windlesham and uh, I literally took them to the cemetery. And I had them look over the wall at all the graves. And I said, you're going to end up there one day. Every one of you are going to end up in that graveyard or in death. It is an absolute certainty unless the Lord returns, we are going to die. This life is all we have to ensure that we make the right flight connection, that we get on the right flight, that we make the right changeover. 
It is going to be too late if your final leg of your journey and you're sitting on that plane and it is called atheism. It is too late if that last leg of your journey is unbelief. If you do not come to the Lord Jesus Christ before your last breath, that is it. Your fate, as it were, is sealed. When the call for boarding is made, we need to get to the gate. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, says the Lord Jesus Christ. And thirdly, death is the doorway to eternity. Abram breathed his last and died. Genesis 25 tells us he died in a good old age, an old man and full of years. He never saw God's promises fully revealed. He didn't see uh, his people become like the, the stars in the sky. He never saw this hope. But he wasn't cheated. It wasn't as if death has snuffed out his breath and, and now the promises of God mean nothing. It wasn't as if his life has now been taken. And that is it. His end has come. No, it's not. Matthew twenty-two thirty-one. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but the living. Remember what Jesus promised the dying thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. There is life. Beyond that curtain, there is life. Immortal life. Paradise. Moses' last journey in Deuteronomy 32. Then the Lord spoke to Moses the very same day, saying, Go up this mountain of the Abarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, across from Jericho. View the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession, and die on the mountain which you ascend and be gathered to your people. Can you imagine Moses? He, he knows he's going to die. He, he's climbing this mountain now, and every step... He is retracing things from his memory. He is retracing his childhood, his family, his friends, his days in Egypt. He is thinking about all his life. It is coming before him every single step of the way. And he is just uh, treasuring every moment, treasuring every breath that is being sucked into his lungs because his nose, his end is coming. And that, that is what we are like when the end is coming. We appreciate life so much more when we know it's running out. When we know the grains of sand are going, we appreciate things much more than we ever did. He was reflecting upon the highs and the lows. But was this the end? Did he depart into nothingness? Matthew 17 tells us this. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. 
Moses, he lived on this earth roughly 1400 years before Jesus Christ. And he, as we know, when he struck the rock in anger, was not allowed to enter the promised land. But look where he is now. 1400 years later, the Lord Jesus Christ, mercifully, God shows him the promised land. He is there. He wasn't allowed to see it in this earthly life. But he is there. He has not departed into nothingness. He's alive. He is alive. Now, get this. Martha meets Jesus. Uh, we know what happened in that encounter. Uh, Lazarus, her brother, had died. And we know that Jesus had delayed going to Lazarus. And, and Martha says, oh Lord, if you were only here, my brother would be alive. Because you would have healed him. You would, you would have just raised him up. You would have made him alive. You would have cured that sickness and that illness. But the Lord delayed. And whatever it is that we are going through, God often delays to bring himself greater glory. What happens if you had uh, an illness? Many years ago, I had, uh, was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And um, what happens if, as soon as that, I start to feel unwell? What would have happened if I had just prayed and, oh Lord, take that pain away? And what if he did? He wouldn't have got any glory for it. I would have forgotten about it straight away, thinking it was something else. But no, you go through the diagnosis, they tell you it's incurable, they give you the drugs, and then God heals it, and who gets the glory? God. You see, delay often brings God glory. He knows when to intervene. So Martha is that, Lord, if only you had come, he would have been well. And she is crying. And Jesus says, he'll rise again. Martha says, yes, Lord, I know at the resurrection he will rise again. I, I know these things. I know at the end of days he will rise again. I know it. But watch this. Only if Martha had thought about this for a moment. Get this. She was talking to what she was talking about. She was looking at what she was looking for. Because he is the resurrection and the life. Amen? Amen. Death for the Christian holds no fear whatsoever. Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Death is but the gateway, the entrance into eternity and nothing more. It is not into uh, oblivion. The Christian does not die alone, as our brother spoke today. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 The Christian will not be left alone at death. Augustus M. Top Lady died in London, August 11th, 1778, at the age of 38. You know, he wrote Rock of Ages. Within an hour before he expired, he seemed to awake from a gentle slumber when he exclaimed, Oh, what delights! Who can fathom the joys of the third heaven? What a bright sunshine has been spread about me! I have not words to express it. I know it cannot be long now till my Saviour will come for me. 
For surely no mortal man can live, bursting as he said it, into a flood of tears. After the glories that God has manifested to my soul, all is light, 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 the brightness of his own glory. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Then he closed his eyes and fell asleep, to be awakened with others of like precious faith on that great day when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, to be glorified in his saints and admired in all them that believe. Death's fear has gone. Christ has overcome it. 2 Timothy 1 says, Jesus Christ was abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He's abolished death. It has no sting, no pain whatsoever. It is over, completely and utterly over. It cannot affect the Christian in any way whatsoever. I just want to read some famous last words. John Knox, he's, his last recorded words are, Live in Christ, live in Christ, and the flesh need not fear death. John Wesley, his last words were, The best of all is, God is with us. Farewell, farewell. His brother Charles Wesley, I shall be satisfied with thy likeness. Satisfied, satisfied. Dr. F. B. Mayer, a few days before his death, he wrote to a dear friend these words, I have just heard to my great surprise that I have but a few days to live. It may be that before this reaches you, I shall have entered that palace. Don't trouble to write. We shall meet in the morning. There's a hope. And that's all death is. We needn't fear it. It is like literally going to sleep one night. And then waking up in glory, that's all it is. It's not to be feared. Waking to a glorious new morning. D.L. Moody was near in death when he said, The earth recedes and heaven opens before me. Moody's son concluded that his father was dreaming when Moody said, No, this is no dream. It is beautiful. It is like a trance. If this is death, it is sweet. There is no valley here. God is calling me. I must go. Now one day, there'll, there'll come a time when there'll be a funeral for Reverend Andrew Bence. And uh, there will be a, a great day of solemnity, no doubt, and friends and family will come and mourn the passing of Andrew Bence. There will be a procession of funeral cars, no doubt. Uh, there will be people in black, respectfully dressed, no doubt. And there will be ministers who will attend that funeral, and perhaps some will have CVs in their Bible. But they will come. They will come. And maybe even invite a great preacher to lead the service. And he may utter those immortal words, For as much as it pleased, pleased Almighty God in His wise providence to take out of this world the soul of our deceased brother, we therefore commit his body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, looking for the general resurrection in the last day and the life of the world to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. There'll be a service of thanksgiving at the church, no doubt. And people will come and speak all sorts of lies about me. <laughs> there will be, there will be uh, people who will say, oh, he had the patience of a saint. 
there'll be people who say, oh, what a man of God he was. He used to pray for six hours on his bare knees every night. My, uh, my children will come forth and say, oh, what a great father he was. People who didn't like my preaching will come and wax lyrical. Oh, what a great preacher he was. I always got something out of his sermons. They will say how wonderful I was. And perhaps those people who didn't like me will, will come and perhaps look into the coffin just to make sure. In the Evangelical Times, there might be a small piece saying, uh, oh, the Reverend Andrew Benz from Horsel Evangelical Church has now passed into glory. Just a, a few lines, just to describe a life that has now gone on. There'll be a mourning for the Reverend Andrew Benz. But I want to tell you something today. Don't you believe a word of it? Because I'll be more alive right. than than I am now. Because the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of uh, Isaac is my God. He's the God of Andrew Benz. He's the God of Tom Chacko. He's your God. He's the God of the living and not the God of the dead. You're not going into the ground to rot away. Your soul will be with the Lord. Your body will be glorified one day. You'll be alive. So much alive. When John, John Owen, the great Puritan, lay on his deathbed, he dictated to his secretary to write for him to a friend saying, I am still in the land of the living. Stop, said Owen. Change that and say, I am yet in the land of the dying, but I soon hope to be in the land of the living. <laughs> we are just living our lives and we think we're alive. But we're going to be so much more alive in the next place. We're going to see so many more things. Uh, our sight, uh, our vision, everything about the world that we see will be far in exceeding of anything we can grasp in this life. This is just a pale reflection. This is just like a 2D world. We'll be in 3D, 4D, 5D, whatever D. It'll be an incredible experience. Death is not the end. An anonymous quote wrote, Death is not extinguishing the light from the Christian. It is putting out the lamp because the dawn has come. And those famous uh, verses in John 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. For the, for the Christian, death is the end of sin, but it is the beginning of glory, the beginning of eternity. Matthew Henry said, He whose head in, is in heaven need not fear to put his feet in the grave. And Jesus Christ said, Take courage, I have overcome the world. 1 Corinthians 15, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? It's been a, a difficult week, as I said, uh, our pianist died uh, last Monday and it was uh, quite a, a shock and her husband's a retired minister and I went to see him this week and I was chatting with him and he uh, was uh, there when she was passing over. Um, it, it all happened quite suddenly really, she started to get ill about six weeks ago and then bang and we all thought that she would go before her husband. 
her husband suffers with his memory now and everything and uh, we all expected you know him to go first but she went and uh, as he was chatting with her as she was passing over he said to her darling can you can you see any angels and she said yes and he said how many can you see and she, and she said just one but it's beautiful it's beautiful and that's what it's going to be like beautiful there are so many accounts of christians who who write at the end when they are getting taken are seeing angels are seeing god's messengers are seeing god just come to take them he's not going to leave us lo i am always with you he's not suddenly going to be hands off in death it is not uh, we said that death is a lonely journey it is to a point it is to a point but for the christian for them that know jesus christ he's going to come for us he's not going to leave us alone he's not going to leave us to go through the our worst fears perhaps the christian doesn't fear death like others in that uh, we know where we go in but perhaps the the process of death is is not something that we want to look forward to but for the christian he comes he will come and take us he will hold our hand and he will take us across that jordan into the promised land he is with us romans 8:38 For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any of the created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord nothing can separate us the pain of this world can't separate us the devil cannot grasp us the devil cannot take us anywhere we are safe in the Lord's hands we are his precious precious souls he saved us he's converted us he's transformed us we are his children we look after our children don't we we wouldn't allow them to go through something dreadful on their own we'd be there with them and our heavenly father is going to be there with us as well death's not to be feared just remember that we are safe in god's hands and we cannot be separated from his love whatsoever even in death and when we close our eyes on this world and we open them in glory oh boy it is going to be absolutely wonderful it is going to be the most precious sight that we'll ever see it is going to be wondrous we're going to see those saints that have gone before us and uh, it's just going to be incredible can you imagine that it just closing your eyes and there i'm home and then the joy the joy that will come the the that goal of our salvation is is made and we're with him and scripture says when we see him we will be like him immortal forever in a place where there's no more tears no more pain no more suffering no more sin just glory Oh boy the christian has got the greatest things to look forward to it was robert murray machain that once said for the christian this life is the only hell they will ever experience because we're not to be here really 
is just a sinful world. God didn't want us to live in a sinful world, but we made that choice. But Christian, love him, cherish him, cherish him and look forward to glory. Don't think of it as something that you have to be afraid of at all. When your time has come, when the breaths have been extinguished, he'll take you on. Amen.